in marketing, there's something called the rule of seven, right? So you want to have multiple different touch points uh, with the consumer when they're learning about a new brand. So when they hear about Mady Property Solutions or Moncton House Buyer, they're going to be like, what the heck is this? <laughs> they will receive our mail, but they will go outside, get a haircut, we'll go get some you know, groceries. They're going to come across our billboard. Uh, we also have uh, you know, pay-per-click. Uh, we have Google Ads as well. Uh, but our approach is a little bit different. Uh, we target very specific uh, keywords. So we target keywords like, um, you know, essentially what people will search up when they're in a distress situation. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Carrot Cast podcast, where we teach investors and agents how to dominate with evergreen marketing and build businesses of freedom and impact. I'm your host, Brady Winder, and I've got Martin and Lynn with me again for a very special uh, part two. The last episode, we had them on and talked about uh, joint venture deals, how to build buyers lists in really creative ways, and how they're doing business in Canada. And they've got a lot of really awesome gold nuggets in that last episode. So if you missed part one, go back. We talk about their story, how they got into investing, and all sorts of stuff. So go listen to part one. And part two here, we're going to talk about uh, the different marketing channels that Martin and Lynn have tried. And they've got six active marketing channels going right now. They've spent a lot of money in marketing, done a lot of experimentation. So my hope for this episode is that you haven't wasted too much marketing, uh, too much money on marketing yet, and they can hopefully save you some sorrow there and guide you as to what's working, what channels are giving them the best ROI, and that sort of thing. So um, yeah, that's what we're going to dive into. Uh, how y'all doing? We're doing great. Thank you for having us. Uh, we're very excited for this part two, I think. Martin will have a lot of little golden nuggets here and there to share with you guys. Um, Absolutely. Um, so one of the things we talked about just real briefly in the first episode was, um, Martin, you were going to school for marketing. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. I want to know kind of what your original plan was and how, how you kind of shifted, why you kind of shifted from like, I'm going to be a marketer to I'm going to get into real estate investing. What's, what happened? That's a great question. I, I don't think anyone's asked me that before, but that's great, uh, Brady. Um, so I essentially, I took marketing in college. Um, I, you know, I was really fascinated by consumer behavior. Um, I, Lynn and I, we always laugh about this. Um, I always fall as a victim to every marketing campaign there is. Whenever there's a <laughs> sale, whenever there's Black Friday, I, whenever there's, you know, buy one, get one free or buy two, get one half off. He I just, I feel the need to, to buy something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever want to see your inbox. It's probably just terribly full. You do not want to see my inbox. <laughs> Definitely not. It's very bad. Guys. <laughs> uh, so, so right off the bat, you know, just ask, uh, you know, we, we kind of shared a story a little bit. Uh, Lynn and I were both immigrants. Uh, so when I went to North America uh, with so much consumerism, with so much capitalism, I was like, wow. <laughs> I was also so in Minnesota, uh, where we're the home to the biggest mall in all of America, the mall of America, where there's no taxes, uh, where there's no retail tax, um, anything, any clothing items that you buy. Yeah. So essentially, um, I wasted a lot of money, you know, just as a consumer. So I wanted to study, you know, the science behind it. I wanted to study what is doing the trick, right? That's uh, really making me uh, spending a lot of money as a consumer. And I also was really fascinated by advertising and also branding for companies. Um, I always felt like um, a very creative person. I felt like, uh, you know, I was a critical thinker. Uh, so I wanted to work on uh, advertising projects um, on a project basis um, to promote either a specific expansion or to promote a specific product. So my... Um, 
my goal uh, from studying marketing was always to work, you know, from a branding um, department at a major company or working advertising. Uh, that was my goal. But as soon as I graduated, um, I ended up with a job uh, working as a marketing manager, marketing specialist uh, for a tech startup. So we provided RFID uh, solutions for music festivals or, uh, you know, amusement parks, water parks. Uh, one of our clients was actually ended up in fire festival. Uh, so there's a lot of story uh, that comes to that no as way. well. Yeah. Uh, but essentially. <laughs> part um, three. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just one fire festival. Uh, but, you know, my biggest takeaway from that was, you know, just working in the startup. I feel like that's really where I get, you know, most of my um, guerrilla marketing or most of my, you know, uh, go getter personality from because I was working at a startup. It was literally just me, uh, the co-founders and also, uh, you know, a graphic designer. We were really, you know, the only marketing team that we had. Um, I was working hand in hand with our development team as well, um, you know, working on the products, packaging our solutions together, planning trade shows, going to a trade show, shaking people's hands and trying to promote our you know, solutions to as many people as possible. Uh, so that definitely taught me a lot about networking and these industry events and just really trying to um, package something that might not be fully developed yet, but trying to sell that as a service um, and uh, trying to maximize the revenue. So that was really, really impactful. Um, and then um, I move on to another role. Um, I was actually working in the uh, adult entertainment industry. <laughs> so I was working for um, uh, Brazzers and uh, the, the company that owns Brazzers and, and Pornhub. And uh, essentially, my job was actually a public relations uh, specialist. So it was really, really interesting. I took the job, um, again, from a consumer st uh, behavior standpoint and also from a branding standpoint. Yeah. Um, I was essentially hired to work on the brands of all the pay sites we had. So that's browsers, that's Reality Kings, that's all of these uh, you know, pay sites yeah. uh, within the adult entertainment industry. Um, we're trying to promote these adult entertainment brands in the mainstream media as much as possible, but without showing any explicit content. So that means I had to be extra creative, working around you know, yeah. um, the regulations and really making sure that you know, how can we associate our brands to the mainstream media um, while, you know, the public, making sure the public can take us uh, in a light, like in a very light way. Right. So trying to reduce the stigma as much as possible um, and trying to put us more mainstream. It's like, how do you promote porn without showing porn? It's basically the challenge that was in question is you have to promote it without, you know, explicitly showing any of it. <laughs> Yeah, this is interesting. And, you know, I would say, like, I would say, oh, hey, audience, this is a, hey, everyone listening, this is a deviation from the topic, but it's, it's all marketing psychology. So I want to, <laughs> I want to sit on this one for a second before we get into like paid marketing channels. So it sounds like the, the motivation there, correct me if I'm wrong, was it was a challenge that you wanted to take on was like, this seems impossible. So what was the motivation there? And like, how do you, what is that? look like PR for these companies? Like, are you, you talking to people? Is it more relationship building or is it more like ad placement? I'm just trying to get a little bit more insight. And before we talk about like how that tied into real estate, <laughs> yeah, cause I'm right. I, like, I'm a little more lost on the path there, but I want to dive in and find it. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, so when it comes to adult entertainment, there's like tube sites and there's pay sites, right? I only worked out the pay sites, tube sites. It's a very simple uh, business model. You simply paper it's pay-per-click ads essentially, right? So you have sales mm -hmm. associates 
who are trying to, you know, sell ads to as many people as possible, um, you know, to, to get way better exposure, to get, you know, to lower your, your pay-per-click. Uh, but on the pay sites uh, brand, essentially, we charge per membership. You have to, you know, pay a monthly subscription to these pay sites, and that's how we make money. Um, and But our main purpose, you know, for my role, for my PR department, was trying to, you know, use our marketing budget and trying to associate our brand to the mainstream media as much as possible. So, for example, for uh, the election that happened back in 2020, we actually shut down the entire pay site uh, brand. Uh, all the websites were down for an hour trying to encourage people to go out there and vote. And we had billboards all around um, the major cities. So in New York City and Chicago, uh, we pay for billboards. Um, I think the hashtag was hashtag stroke the vote. <laughs> so that's something that my team will come up with. <laughs> I don't know how appropriate it is so to talk about this. So but, but it's something that, you know, we got approved to have that, you know, uh, literally in the major, on the major billboard in the major city. Um, so it yeah. was, you know, just play, play of words. And for the Super Bowl in one year as well, uh, we actually had, uh, two of our contract stars, so major, very popular names. Uh, we had them uh, deliver uh, pizza to a fan's uh, Super Bowl party because, you know, that's a common fantasy among the industry. So it's stuff like that, right, that we'll get, you know, um, PR, we'll get a lot of uh, media to pick up a story on something like that because it's really immersive. Mm -hmm. It's really interactive. Uh, we also design pop-up shops, you know, um, to, to sell our merch, uh, to create experiences and obviously keep it very PG-13, as PG-13 as we can, right? Because like, we're still dealing mm -hmm. with the public here. Um, so everything that I worked on, um, it was very, you know, non-explicit. So which made the job very interesting. Yeah. How how long was that stint? How long were you there for? I was actually there uh, up until um, I'm I'm not sure if uh, people here know about you know the New York Times article uh, they essentially came out you know talking about um, the the title was essentially the article it was an investigation into um, you know the the platform's algorithm in terms of um, you know what kind of content was allowed on the platform and that essentially oh, right. you know. Yeah. Um, tossed, uh, you know, Pornhub, which is one of the most popular websites in the world, uh, into a bit of trouble. And, um, the company essentially had to actually let go a lot of its staff and they had to, you know, essentially I was let go from that company because, hmm. uh, yeah, it was a very difficult time for the industry and also for the company. Wow. That's interesting. I'm not here to judge and I'm not here to like, I'm just the curious marketer that's like, wow, this is, this is very creative. So I'm just, I'm kind of fascinated by some of these things. Um, so what was the, so part one, we kind of covered y'all's story and the timeline. Um, where are we at in the timeline? So you laid off from this job. Were you already investing at that point or what was the, the segue over to real estate? So we were actually in the midst of creating the brand of creating okay. what's today Bailey properties used to be mountain um, home buyers, but we were creating the websites. We were working on our carrot site on all the copywriting on, on figuring out how to do this. It was very, very early in the business. Um, and Martin kind of kept his job because, you know, it was just a way to kind of get income before we actually start making money from the company. Um, but we were actually quite happy when he got laid off, to be honest, because then we can, qualify for government incentives, COVID-related government incentive, et cetera. Um, 
and we were able to focus more of our time onto the company directly. Um, so we used Martin skills and we just put them on, on our melee properties and, and all of, <laughs> all of what we did for our company. So he, he was a big part into creating the website, a big part into, uh, you know, finding Kara itself. So he did some research about other wholesalers, other investors that are in our market in other markets than, um, in, in real estate in Canada. And he came across a lot of Kara websites. So did dig a little deeper and then realized, okay, this is a great way to, you know, get people to sign up to buyers. This is a great way to get people to send us information about their properties. We can have a form so we can get all of the info and we can reach out to them. Uh, just kind of building our system. Um, that was the time that we were doing that. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, what happened, it really happened for the best. As Lynn said, it was like literally the best timing. Um, and the entire scandal, you know, with New York Times, I, I it also made me realize, okay, like, I, it, it was, I was very passionate about that cause. And also as a marketer, I was very curious about, okay, how can I, you know, turn this stigma into something more positive? How can I bring more positivity into this industry? And the New York Times article just shattered the whole thing. And, uh, and it just also made me realize it is really an industry that has caused a lot of damage, uh, to, 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 you know, um, a lot of people, uh, in our world. And I just felt it made me feel very uneasy as well. Right. Um, uh, so it honestly, it happened for the best. Right. So we were already working on the business. We we're already working on carrot, um, and really getting our site, um, you know, off and running. And essentially a week after I was laid off and the job was based out of Montreal, we were actually already planning to move out to New Brunswick. So it was almost as, as if, you know, it was perfectly planned out. <laughs> so when we move out to New Brunswick, we were a hundred percent focused, uh, zoned into, um, our real estate business. I actually remember that call. I think Martin came back from a haircut and then he called me. He's like, Lynn, it's finally happening. I'm like, wait, what, <laughs> what is happening? He's like, my boss just books a call with me at HR. I think I'm getting laid off right now. And I'm like, oh my God, this is great. And you're just, <laughs> I've never, I told him, look, I've never seen anybody excited about losing their job as we are. I was going to say this is very different from the one time I've been laid off. I know the phone call with my wife did not sound like, hey, babe, I'm finally getting laid off. <laughs> that was not my, not my first thought. Oh my we goodness. Were, that was okay. a very exciting call for some reason. <laughs> that is wild. I appreciate you sharing your story and the transparency. That, that is cool. Let's, um, let's segue however we can. We're going to dive into the, the marketing tactics y'all are doing. Um, y'all have spent a lot of money on marketing. You've tried a lot of things. And now, you know, given your story, I'm glad you shared it because the, the creative guerrilla marketing mindset makes so much more sense. You know, like we talked about in part one, reaching out to people on Facebook Messenger. I just, I'm always really inspired by guerrilla marketing and creative ads and just hitting the streets and doing the things that other people either haven't thought of or just aren't willing to do. Um, so going outside of, of tradition. So that's, that's kind of interesting there. Um, what does your marketing mix look like right now? Let's start there. What are you working on? So for us, yeah. it's almost like running two companies. We have the buyer side and the seller side. Um, the buyer side is really very different marketing that we would do on this buyer and the seller side. So if we're trying to get people to sell their houses to us, um, we'll have to create a marketing that you know relates to us directly to them directly. So we started with direct mails. So as Martin said, we would create those lists. We would cross-reference the information on Google Map and on um, their land registry to find the 
tax address, which is the address where the owner lives. So let's say, Brady, you own a property here in Moncton, and I can figure out where your tax bills are sent to you. So if they're sent to you to Toronto, for example, or to um, New York, then you will receive one of our letters to New York saying, hi, Brady, we're interested in your property in Moncton at this address. So it's, it goes mm -hmm. directly to the owner instead of going to just every single door in Moncton, which most of it is, is tenants. So we didn't want to lose mm. money and, and waste that on the tenants. We wanted to make sure we send it directly to the owner. Um, and that's one of the things that we did. So on the on the seller side, it was all about, we want to buy your property. We can buy cash. We can make it very easy, solve your problem. And you know we'll help you and we'll buy the property. And then on the buyer side, it's most like, are you interested in an investment property? Have you thought about looking outside of your market? Uh, have you considered cash flow potential in your market? Look at the difference between your, you know, the what you could get in terms of cash flow and uh, an ROI in Toronto versus what you could get here in Moncton. So it was very, very different messages and it had to be run mm -hmm. as two separate companies, especially in terms of marketing. Um, so we had onlines right. and offlines um, for both Marching Can Touch More on the specifics, but it was really kind of like truly running two separate brands, two separate, we had two websites, one for each, um, two different companies that we were running at the same time. See, I'd love to focus on the on the seller side and see what's what's working there. Um, go ahead, Martin. Yeah, for sure. So we can definitely zone in a little more on the seller side. Um, again, shout out to Carrot. You know, we got one mem one membership, but we got three websites, which is awesome. So we got yeah. one, you know, one for the seller, one for the buyer. We also created one for our company credibility as well. Um, so it was absolutely fantastic. It was a no brainer. We were able to set up automatic notifications whenever someone fills out the form or whenever someone joins the buyer's list. Um, it was super seamless and uh, people were actually responding uh, to our automatic messages uh, because we had to set up as if it was very natural and very organic uh, response. So super happy with the product. Um, so what we are doing on the seller side, um, it's really, you know, there's offline, online, and also um, mass media. So what that means is, you know, uh, we do direct mail as exactly what Lynn was sharing. Uh, but because so many properties here are tenant occupied, we don't want to waste any marketing dollars sending into tenants. That's why we went through a distance of making the list hmm. and sending out to the property owners themselves. Um, and we also have uh, billboards as well. Uh, so that's something that we realized uh, could be um, very untapped because we're in the market, you know, we're in a smaller market. The population is around 170,000 in our city, uh, Moncton, New Brunswick. Um, so we realized, you know, like having billboards, um, it could really help with our credibility. Uh, in marketing, there's something called the rule of seven, right? So you want to have multiple different touch points uh, with the consumer when they're learning about a new brand. So when they hear about maybe property solutions or Moncton house buyer, they're going to be like, what the heck is this? <laughs> they will receive our mail, but they will go outside, get a haircut, we'll go get some, you know, groceries. They're going to come across our billboard. Uh, we also have, uh, you know, pay-per-click. Uh, we have Google ads as well. Uh, but our approach is a little bit different. Uh, we target very specific uh, keywords. So we target keywords like, um, you know, essentially what people will search up when they're in a distress situation. So relocation services, movers, uh, divorce lawyers, uh, or, uh, you know, uh, eviction uh, process or bad. tenancy board. Exactly. That, yeah. Just also going to say, like, because we're in a smaller market, like our pay-per-click is uh, way lower compared to um, you know, other markets as well. Um, and most recently, mm -hmm. we also uh, got on TV. Uh, so we have a TV commercial running. Uh, we essentially did a, a study with our TV sales rep. Um, essentially, we were trying to figure out 
after which programs and also during which hour uh, should we air our commercial to really get um, the maximized to, to, to really optimize our marketing budget. Mm, okay. So I want to recap what y'all said real quick and, and then we'll dive into these other marketing platforms. So basically what you said is, is um, you, there's this rule of seven where, correct me if I'm wrong, I might be mixing two schools of thought here, but is that people have to interact with you on average about seven times before they make a decision to buy. And this is true across retail, you know, a lot of different industries is that they need to, you know, recognize that and see you multiple times. They don't just buy off the first thing. Um, and so y'all's marketing strategy, strategy, essentially you started with evergreen marketing by laying that foundation and building bricks with your content, getting the carrot site up and running, starting to rank for some of those keywords. And then you started uh, doing what we teach here at Carrot, supplementing with paid. So once you have your evergreen marketing up and going, you have your credibility online so people can find you because without that, everything is going to be an uphill battle. You know, if you're not found online, um, you started adding Google pay-per-click and then you're optimizing that, making sure you're getting uh, a good cost. Same thing with your direct mail. You're making sure that, it, you know, you're getting a good cost and you're making sure it's a quality list. So you're not just wasting money on extra mailers. And then you're starting to add one at a time. And then you eventually got to the point where it is what some marketers might call air coverage, where it's okay. We've got these marketing channels that are healthy and well. They're returning, you know, it's good ROI. Let's look at TV and billboard. Um, what what point, what, whether it was number of deals or revenue, when did you decide, okay, we're going to start going after that air coverage and we're going to take some of these big risks because that's not cheap, you know, TV and billboards. When did you decide that? It was really a thought of uh, just also standing apart and also how do we build more credibility? Um, cause I feel like for me and Lynn, you know, as newcomers to this province, as newcomers to this market, we want to establish ourselves. We want to have more credibility than, you know, the top realtor in our market. How can we, you know, spend our marketing in places where other people might feel like it's too, too expensive that they're not even venture out there. Um, so like, I think as soon as we started, Lynn, I think, you know, we started in March in April or May, we're already talking about trying to get on radio ads. We're saying, okay, it will be. So awesome. If we can get on radio, if we can, you know, talk about our story, we can talk about this as a service, how we can actually help the homeowners, uh, you know, with their properties. Cause selling our house, like, you know, retail, that's just not a viable option for everyone. Um, so right off the bat, I feel like we're just already aiming for these prime airtime or, um, you know, the more expensive channel. But again, because we're in a smaller market, um, I think our TV budget, um, at one point it was, you know, it ranges from 2000 to 4,000 per month and we're able to get quite a bit of coverage. Oh. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's really, uh, very market dependent. Um, our Google ads, for example, our pay-per-click, it's only about a dollar 50 or two bucks <laughs> per click comparing to mm -hmm. our partners. You know, we're part of seven figure flipping, uh, which is the mastermind we're part of. Uh, we talk about these KPIs all the time. They share with us, you know, in Tampa Bay, I think they're paying around 85 bucks, uh, pay-per-click. <laughs> so quite a bit of difference yeah. here. I think it's very important to also point out that because it is a smaller city and that's, you know, where the relevance comes with setting your market and knowing your audience, people relate to different things. So, you know, if you go into a big city, there's billboards everywhere. So it's not like this is what's going to stand out for them because they see billboards constantly all the time. In Moncton, St. John and New Brunswick, there's a lot less of them. So if there is a billboard it's and, and we see them, it's usually the same realtors, the same beer company. Um, and the same, you know, advertising companies that have the same message constantly just kind of running and changing. So if you have a brand new yeah. ad that has 
that looks different, that stands out. People are like, oh, what is this? And it's on major streets. People relate to it a lot easily because they're not used to seeing us often. Mm. And also the kind of, the, the type of buyers, that, the type of sellers that we have here, um, most of these houses are owned for like over 20, 25, 30 years. People don't move as often. It's a, it's a way smaller town. They get in their ways or comfortable where they are. Um, so we're targeting people who are a little older in terms of age we have our audience is a lot older older so they watch a lot more tv than than the young people so for them to be able to see us and to know who we are they're not going to be looking on google how to sell my house fast but if they see it on tv or if they see it on the billboard that's when it actually strikes to them so that's how they that's when they see it so we just wanted to make sure especially when it's a smaller city it's it's a completely different mentality and you have to adapt but we wanted to make sure that our marketing is adapted to our audience is adapted to the market that we're in and that you know we're spending the do- our dollars exactly where we need to spend them, so we don't spend money mm. on things that we wouldn't that wouldn't work. Yeah. So in other words, you're saying it didn't. You know, the decision didn't come from oh, hey, Lynn, we need to get on billboards and we need to be on billboard TV. The the decision came from what are other people not doing and how are we going to stand out? Okay, it looks like billboards. Everyone's running the same billboards. There's not as many in our town, so it's not as it's not cluttered noise. Let's go there. Okay, that's helpful context. We, just, we needed to be amongst the top. If 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 the top realtors and, yeah. and the top performers are on billboards and on TV, we have to be amongst them. Because especially with the people that we're dealing with, we're talking about older people. We're talking about people who has been been living in Moncton for for years, who grew up here. They know when there's a new billboard coming in. They know if there's a new brand. Like I've never seen this guy before. It's it's again a yeah. hundred and how many Martin habitants under two hundred thousand. So everybody knows everything that's going on, and if there's something different, they'll spot it right away. So we had to be that different person. We had to be that new brand mm. that's coming in, and we needed to be amongst the top to be you know credible. Yeah. Well, even the direct mail, people are freaking out <laughs> when they receive the direct mail. It's very uh, true. Yeah. They've never seen that before. In a in a better way, you getting nasty phone calls, or it was just surprising. We got everything. We got good phone calls. We got the nasty phone calls. We got the I'm gonna break your legs phone calls. We got all of them. So you're doing uh, you get direct mail. You have your SEO. Um, you're doing your pay per click PPC. You're doing TV. What are the other couple marketing channels uh, y'all are doing? Yeah. So um, billboards. You know, we were paying for the Patterson billboards, uh, and then right. we found out very local to our market, we actually have these. Um, I call them eye-level billboards. Uh, so there are mini billboards that are a lot smaller. Uh, they actually average around 250 to 300 per month, <laughs> which is incredible. Um, so, sounds so cheap. I know. So they essentially, it's a local company. Uh, by the way, it's a great business idea if you guys don't have it in your city. Um, so essentially, we have this entrepreneur that partner up with commercial properties uh, that are zoned for retail. Um, they essentially you know, just buy a little structure on two sides and they sell ad space, right? So it's a ref share model that they have with the property owners that own the, the commercial space. Um, and these are probably literally around seven feet. So very, very short. And uh, you know, when people are driving into a commercial plaza, the first thing they see is that billboard. Um, I converted quite a bit, you know, according to our call rail numbers. Um, you know, a lot of people, um, we actually took a pause on our, the, the Patterson billboards uh, because of mini billboards, you know, it's just a lot better return on investment. Um, and mm. also, uh, according to our Colorado, it's performing a lot better than the billboards. Um, mm. Another thing that we do as well, we have two more uh, notable uh, marketing channels. One of them is uh, Ben Designs. We have, um, you know, we obviously um, so many wholesalers do them. So we, we've done a lot of market research, uh, you know, trying to come up with like the wittiest, 
uh, were you know the most eye-catching phrases were the color combinations. Um, I think our top performing one is uh, slow down, but we buy houses fast. Um, I can't really take the credit for it. We definitely took that from one of my Canadian partners in Ontario. That's great. <laughs> Are these going, I'm, I'm guessing like, please tell me you're putting these in suburbs where it's like, you know, our kids live here. Please drive slow. Uh, like, that's right. in people's front yards <laughs> we're competing with it that's funny actually we, we put them in, in major intersections um plazas wherever people would hang out the most when they you know they're driving and we did something um that we really liked is we made sure that the color and the wording looked like a like um the road signs so it doesn't you obviously oh. know it's not a road sign when you see it but the fact that the color and the shape kind of looks like it, it really catches your eyes, especially as you're driving. Yeah. And you have no other options than to read it. Because if it's just, just a white, black and white thing on the road, you're going to pay less attention than if it's bright, bright orange and black, like you can see in, right. in different signs or like the stop sign color. Um, so we want to make sure people catch, it catches their eye. And it's funny because we didn't know if it would work or not. And then I, I remember one day Martin and I were walking, uh, no, we were driving in Tennessee, I believe, and we saw one of those bended signs, same thing, the same color as a, as a sign. And it was um, home builder uh, trade show. And it was all about mm. like home building, renovations and things like that. Like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. We should go check it out. And we're like, wait, yeah. Martin, you see what happened? Like we actually paid attention and now we're interested um, because that's we right. looked just like that. And then the numbers came to support that theory too, but um it was it was just really fun to see that it worked and the fact that it was the same color as the sign really helped keeping getting people's attention okay i want to throw out anybody listening to this that is the i think that's single-handedly like the best bandit sign design i've heard of and i've seen a lot of bandit signs if anybody feels like they have a bandit sign that is funny or is working really well that is crushing it email it to me brady at carrot.com and i want to talk about it on the next podcast episode we do this thing sometimes called letters to the listeners i want to know if y'all have good bandit signs or some really creative guerrilla marketing like we've talked about today email me and let's talk about it um, so email me Brady at care.com. So we got bandit signs. We got all the other ones we talked about. Let's talk about what's, what's giving you the best ROI right now, top to bottom. What's crushing so, it? So, um, Brady, there's, there's just a little more to it. If you don't mind me uh, sharing oh, uh, yeah. just a little more. Uh, so there, ahead, there are man. actually two other things, um, that we took a lot of pride in, um, and that we, we definitely put a lot of thoughts in. I know I just, <laughs> yeah. by the end of he's, this he's call, a marketing we're going to come up with idea. <laughs> It's all that, yeah. yeah. So that pay site <laughs> experience coming in. <laughs> um, so we have, um, you know, again, just going back to the consumer behavior. Uh, what are a distressed, you know, homeowners? What are they doing, right? Like we literally wrote down an ideal um, in marketing. I believe it's called a a customer profile or a client profile uh, or a persona, a client persona. So we literally yeah, wrote down yeah. like what their day look like, what kind of mail they will want to open, what kind of mail they want to toss, what kind of TV programs they want to get out. Uh, so because of that, we actually partner up with a money coupon, uh, a local money coupon saver. Um, it's called Direct Mail um, Money Coupon Savers. And then essentially it brought our cost per piece um, down quite a bit because we're partnering up with a bunch of other coupons, you know, from local uh, plumbers or local uh, Home Depot or restaurants. Um, so we come in the form of a little flyer um, and we're able to target, you know, a lot more um, zip codes and a lot more addresses at the same time. Hmm. Um, and the last one that, you know, um, that definitely was also really interesting that we started doing is because we do flips, uh, we do a lot of bursts. Uh, we ended up, you know, we don't just wholesale. We uh, keep a lot of properties. We also flip as well. So 
whenever our contractors are actually working on the project, uh, when the house is vacant, we actually stick a house sign right in front of it. It looks like a realtor sign. Um, and the message, I believe, is we bought this house, um, you know, cash, asses, no conditions. Um, and mm. with a little uh, QR code our that leads to our Kara website. Yeah. That's right. Oh, that's perfect. Yep. Yeah. I've seen that before. That's a good one. So it's, yeah. that's good. it's like the best way to be like, we're actually buying properties. Like, here's one that we bought and there's a sign right in front of it. And a lot of people, you know, especially when the inventory was very, very low and there was a lot of demand for housing, people were trying to buy properties. Mm -hmm. uh, whenever they see a realtor sign, that's the first thing they do is start calling because they, they need to secure the property quickly. So it attracted a lot of attention that way too. Um, just putting it in front of the house, being like, we bought this house. And some people yeah. don't even yeah. read. They just call us because, hey, I saw a realtor sign in front of this house. Is it for sale? I'm like, no, we yeah. just bought it. <laughs> right. Did you read the sign? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> essentially more about that, right? Like essentially one of the properties that we bought, um, it was in the, you know, a C plus neighborhood. Um, there was honesty. So like the property owner that we bought it from, um, he was actually just too scared to do anything with the tenant because the tenant was a notorious uh, drug dealer in the neighborhood. And he had people living, you know, coming in and out every single day. Uh, we actually got a call after we got the property, um, you know, from the local police. They were saying, hey, we know you guys own the property. Just to warn you, like we got tips that they're going to come in through a party and dismantle the deck tonight. <laughs> we were like, what? <laughs> so those are the kind of tenants, you know, that we deal with yeah. as, uh, you know, buying off market, solving people's problems. So yeah, after we bought that property, after we dealt with the tenant, uh, the sheriffs were involved. Um, they weren't paying rent and they were, you know, doing a lot of illegal activities. In the end, we were able to get them out and we put our, you know, um, little realtor sign right in front. Um, you know, the local community, they were really just like, they were calling us, they were coming to us. They were actually thanking us, thanking oh, our yeah. contractors for doing that for the community. Um, and so that really left a positive association with our brand as well, right? Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, you're you're in there, you're changing neighborhoods, you're making an impact, you're helping out your community. That's incredible. Um, yeah, so so what is uh well, one thing I want to mention before we talk about like ROI is, is I think my biggest takeaway from you know, hearing you talk about these different marketing channels and your whole mindset in marketing is that the most important thing first before the tactics before you know measuring the ROI is understanding your client to the T and that's reflected in like everything we've had in this conversation where you're talking to buyers and you're interviewing them and you're getting to know their pains their fears their desires what they want what's their goal their end game and the same thing with sellers. And so you know them and you've you've gone as far as what most people should do is created avatars for every one of them. You know where they spend their money. You know what they like. You know, um, yeah. And so having those avatars, it sounds like that's how, you know, I'm, I was surprised at first with how many marketing channels you had and they're all, you know, positive ROI. Um, but it makes sense now because you know your avatars and they're dialed in. You're not just willy-nilly, you know, throwing money at things saying, hey, did it work? You know, it's very, uh, it's a very methodical uh, approach. Yeah. Different than throwing money at the wall. You made that sound really good, Brady. <laughs> <laughs> it's smart. It's smart marketing, man. Props to you guys. You, you guys have earned it. It's creative. Um, so what's, what's working for you? What are your, what are your favorite marketing channels? My personal yeah. favorite is the direct mail. Um, and correct me, Martin, if I'm wrong, but sending that little letter addressed to somebody, first of all, like, there's their name and address on it. So when you see something addressed to you, you have 
more you're more inclined to open it and actually read it and pay attention to it. So we send direct mail with the name of the person who owns the property and their the tax address where they live, which we get from the registry. Um, and on that, there's a letter for them saying, hi, hi, Brady, we're interested in your property at this address. This is who we are. This is what we do. We can buy it fast. No conditions. We don't need to, you don't need to do any renovations. You don't need to evict tenants. We can take care of everything for you. And if you're interested, you can call this phone number. There's a QR code there where you can um, scan and, and, and call us and, and get some info about our, our, we'll take them to the Carrot website to get more info about us. Um, and mm-hmm. that converted a lot of leads because a lot of the properties here, as we told you, there's a lot of interest from out-of-province investors, people who are buying these properties here. So a lot of our lists were in either Alberta, Saskatchewan, Toronto, Montreal, Quebec, um, mm-hmm. other provinces and other cities here in Canada. We even had some in the U.S. We had some people that we had to send letters to the U.S. Um, in order to get their attention to be like, hey, this property is 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 we're interested in it. And the thing is, if if you are out of province, you have unfortunately more chances of being in a distressed situation when it comes to your investment because you're not there physically. You don't necessarily have um, the power team. You don't have the network. You're not physically there to take care of it. So that comes with a lot more challenges and some investors just can't keep up or some people simply moved away and just can't keep up with the upkeep. So we had a lot of people just calling us like, hey, like I'm a remote landlord. I hate it. I don't want to do this anymore so many issues with the property i can't attend to and i don't have the time to just fly in and out can you just like Mm. buy it and you know solve my problem um so to me that was my personal favorite i think there's also in terms of conversion marketing can touch more on the numbers but i think that was also one of the ones that one of the marketing channels that brought in the most leads as well that's that's the primary one that we use um do you i'm just curious did you test have you ever tested um qr code versus a phone number on the direct mail pieces like do you know if they're converting higher by going to the website versus just phone calls we track the phone numbers on call rail so every single marketing channel has a phone number associated to it um Mm -hmm. and we also have the qr code martin you can probably touch more on the tracking site for the qr codes i wasn't sure exactly how that one worked so we tried on different things like, uh, you know, we had a QR code that essentially took them to the, the carrot form uh, on our seller side. But we also started doing QR code um, that will send a text directly that's already pre-filled. So, hey, I would like to sell my property at space. Um, so in terms of the actual numbers or a comparison, I wouldn't be able to give you that. Uh, but my personal favorite when it comes to conversions, I would definitely say direct mail. It definitely converted. Um, well, at least the, the most re- response, I would say, because, like, you know, we know exactly how many letters we send out um, and we, you know, we, we have the exact percentage of, OK, how many people actually responded. The, some of them could just be yelling at us, right? It could just be screaming at us because we send them a direct mail. But definitely in terms of response rate, that's probably the easiest to track. Uh, but when it comes to, you know, um, looking at our call rail performance, um, surprisingly, our TV commercial is consistently in the top three. Uh, like mm. every time that we look at it. Um, although like what we saw is a lot of people are, you know, just simply curious. Uh, they just want to call the number uh, to find out more about what we're about. Uh, and because of the market, you know, the market that we're in, it adds another layer of a complication, um, especially, you know, uh, being in New Brunswick, where most people who are investing here, they're interested in the multifamilies. They're interested in, you know, the multi-unit, either smaller multis or bigger multis. If you come across a single family deal, which is mostly from, you know, TV commercial, um, we're less likely to be able to assign it, right? It will have to be a flip where it have to be, you know, a bird um, with our JV partners. But now with the market conditions, 
Uh, you know, it's not the best time to, to be flipping properties. Uh, you know, our ARV has definitely uh, dropped dramatically, uh, you know, just like the rest of the, the continent. So um, we're actually in the process of kind of revamping um, our marketing campaign, trying to tighten it up just a little bit. Uh, we're likely going to, you know, take a pause on everything that we're doing to target the single family homes or the semi-detaches because right right now it's it's hunting season for investors, but it's hunting season for these multifamily deals, uh, which is usually mm. what our GV investors and also what ourselves uh, we're more interested in keeping. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that's that's valuable insight into talking about, it seems like you're getting a lot of phone calls from the TV leads. Um, that's one of the higher producing ones. What are you seeing in terms of lead to deal conversion? Which ones are are easy to convert, and what's what's the? I guess what I'm asking is, what's the lead quality like on these different channels? Lynn, if you uh, Lynn, would you know? Because uh, it's it's Google Ads, it's Google Ads, no doubt. Because <laughs> like, we have, um, whenever we have a lead that comes from Google Ads, um, I think it's actually building into Carrot. Um, one of it the questions that Carrot prebuilt was, yeah, one of the questions that Carrot prebuilt was. Um, how long were like, you know, how short of a time frame are you looking to close on this property? Right. So, um, most of mm-hmm. the Google ads leads, uh, that came in, um, they all chose ASAP, like less than 10 days. Uh, so those are obviously, mm-hmm. you know, the truly distressed, uh, seller situations that we'd like to address. And those are the people that fall into the keywords that we're actively, you know, uh, placing. And those are the people that are searching up the distressed terms that they will be on Google. So mm. it brought in less leads like there was less calls and less people coming in but what whatever lead came through that channel was extremely qualified it was just a golden lead i think one of our best ones was uh penrose martin if you remember it was a single semi-detached property in moncton north we got it for around one hundred and twenty thousand dollars under the fair market and it was a turnkey product nothing oh, wow. to do in it so we flipped it we spent probably a thousand five hundred just painting the garage and cleaning up a little bit and it came with all the furniture and all the personal items. Everything was in the house. Um, so we kind of lived on Airbnb for a little bit. It was beautifully decorated. So it was very, very turnkey. We just bought it 120 under the fair market value, put it on Airbnb for two, three months while we did some little rentals here and there. Uh, probably spent yeah. 1,500 max on that property and just sell it back on the market for uh, $120,000 over what we bought it for. Um, Wow, that's wild. That was an extremely qualified lead because they needed to move yesterday. Like I I got a job promotion in London, England. I needed to be there last week. I'm still here. I have to sell this house today with everything in it. No questions asked. I just want cash and I'm out. Um, And so we did. We made it happen. We got a private lender. We closed on it. And then we just sold it back on the market and made a hundred grand right that. Hmm. Well, wow. so you have your your marketing channels that are your air coverage, you know, building credibility, letting people know who you are, like the TV you said. You have people calling saying, "Who are you?" Getting familiar with people, and then you have the ones that are high intent. We're not getting as many leads like PPC, but they're extremely motivated and they're they're more easily closable. Um, I'm curious on the PPC, and we're about out of time here. We'll we'll, we'll start to wrap it up, but um, I'm curious on the on the pay per click. Y'all are getting really cheap uh, cost per click compared to people in more competitive markets. Um, also, in more competitive markets, the time to the speed to lead is crucial. You know, in competitive markets, people are like if you don't call them in the first minute, you're going to miss out because they might be hitting up the next PPC listing do you find that or is it different because it's a smaller market for you guys what's that like the competition was definitely fierce 
when we started. It was we had, mm. if they're not talking to you, they're talking to somebody else. Those that, that was our motto. So it was all about taking mm-hmm. every single phone call, talking to them as much as possible. Um, in terms of, I think Martin could probably touch more on through that question. Uh, Martin, if you wanted to follow with that. Yeah. So when it comes to PPC, um, the lending experience, the lending page experience is essentially a carousel, which, uh, you know, there's a film, uh, there's a form that takes them to a secondary form with even more information. But as soon as they complete the first form, they have a customized email, uh, auto response, uh, you know, from Carrot, um, that's coming from my email domain. Uh, so, you know, our response time is technically under 30 seconds because they will hear from us right away. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as they're filling out, uh, the page, we'll get an email notification. We'll get a Slack notification. And then if we see that, you know, if this is, uh, you know, within our buying criteria, uh, one of our, um, one of our acquisition managers will reach out right away. Um, you know, so that's usually our workflow. Um, but obviously if it's a deal that's kind of in the middle of nowhere in the province, uh, our response time is probably, you know, we're not going to treat that as, as much of as a priority. Uh, but hmm. definitely, you know, in our market, there is some competition, right? Um, there, um, they might talk to other realtors. They might, you know, try to, uh, list it on Facebook, on Kijiji or Craigslist themselves. Uh, but when it comes to, you know, the experience on PPC with us, um, it is, uh, pretty much automated, right? Thanks to the carrot, uh, integration. So, um, I think we, you know, we, I don't think we really missed out on any PPC leads, uh, that we wanted to convert, mm. which is great. That's amazing. That's good to hear. It's good to hear y'all are wasting that much money on you're not wasting money on the PPC leads. Um uh I got one more question, then I'll toss it over to you guys if there's anything else you want to share. Um feel free, but um give us a uh, maybe like a, a pie chart, like a high level view of where your marketing dollars are going. Uh, I'm just looking for context and like for the people who might be wondering, like, when should I start spending money on TV or radio or all these different things? They might be overwhelmed. So I'd like to give them the context on, you know, is this just a little bit of cash on the side? You know, what does that look like? I think for someone that's just started, there's 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 still a lot of free marketing channels available out there. Like when we first started Martina, we did not have much cash to invest into it. We did all of the possible free marketing possible. So we posted on Facebook Marketplace, we posted on Instagram, and we showed to people directly on Facebook. Um we went on we had something called Kijiji, which is probably the Craigslist uh, equivalent. So we had ads okay. on Craigslist. We were reaching out to people on Craigslist. I feel like Craigslist probably sounds, it's a little less, um, I don't know, it sounds a little creepy or I feel like that's where most of the the, the creeps kind of hang out. But Kijiji in Canada doesn't have the same reputation. It's a pretty legit site. Um, hey, I'm a big Craigslist fan. Craigslist is still alive. I'm still rooting okay. for it. Facebook hasn't killed it yet. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, we started with all of these free marketing channels and there's there's definitely leads there. Like probably our first four to five properties, we close them on free marketing, Facebook and, wow. and and all of that. So definitely lots of work doing there. It's a lot more personal. People who talk to you will, you know, if you're personable, if you build that relationship, that connection right away, they'll love you and they will want to work with you for you, not because you have the best offer, because they like you the most. Um, mm. So that's the best way to start. But then Martin, you can touch on... Um, all of the numbers. Martin's our marketing guys. That's why I don't have much answers on the marketing side, but Martin knows what he's doing. <laughs> no, that that's really helpful. It's it's helpful to know where to start and it's encouraging to hear that there's all these, you know, there's all these free things at your disposal if you have time instead of money. Um, I like that. 
Yeah. No, I thought just like our progression of how we started, right? Taking advantage of the free channels. We also did a lot of driving for dollars and door knocking. So we literally, you know, that's how we got Intel on, okay, who's selling? That's how we got Intel on what kind of neighborhood it was. Uh, we also just straight up, you know, went knocking on people's doors and asked them, hey, how much rent are you paying <laughs> for something like this? Because we're trying to get a better understanding of the market rent. <laughs> Again, this is a brand new, brand new city for us, right? We literally had no clue. Yeah. Um, other than okay, like, the hey, price per door. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, we also, you know, um, yeah. at the beginning, our Kijiji messaging, uh, we didn't just like do the generic, you know, black and yellow, we buy houses cash. Uh, we actually posted a picture of you know myself and Lynn, and thanks to Lynn's good looks, and also uh, you know, we essentially presented ourselves <laughs> as we just moved here, and you know, we're this young couple. We're trying to get into real estate investing. We're trying to you know pick up income property if you're looking to sell so um if any of the listeners you know are in a similar uh market that might be very community oriented that might be people oriented uh maybe play on that factor a little bit right um just try to find a way to stand out uh we honestly never really used the you know we buy houses cash fast except for the bandit signs obviously bandit signs you can't you know you gotta have big letters you can't really be too creative with it other than the wording itself right so we can't really throw our picture on there because the band design, the, the size and also the readability from the car, right? Yeah. Um, so, mm-hmm. and everything else is really economy of scale. So I can tell you, you know, briefly just how much we're spending on some of these uh, marketing channels. Um, you know, obviously the more you spend, the more you commit, uh, the less you spend. Uh, but one of the biggest lessons when it comes to direct mail, um, you know, postcards versus letters. We used to do letters. We will get a print shop to fold them, put them in an envelope and then send them out. Uh, those have way better response rates when it comes to multifamilies. Um, I feel like it probably just looked more professional. Uh, we tried out handwritten. We tried out a corporate letter. We tried out, you know, before and after photos. We tried out like the company route. Um, but when, you know, if you're trying to cut costs, like postcards are way cheaper. Uh, in our market, we're spending around a third of how much we used to spend on postcards versus, you know, sending out letters. Um, and you can still make them very personal. You can still have the person's name and address on it. It will still be addressed to that person. Um, it's not a folded letter in an envelope, but you, you don't pay for the envelope. You don't pay for the folding. Um, and you have a smaller surface of printing as well. So you, you literally cut the cost by by two thirds. You pay a third of what you were paying before, uh, which was a game changing mm. for us. Oh, absolutely. So the postcards roughly, I think we're paying around 47 cents uh, per postcard. Uh, these are very, very targeted. Um, we have to pay for actual postage. Um, again, I know evergreen marketing, you know, you guys have a turnkey solution for investors. I wish you guys service Canada. Uh, it's very different up here, right? Uh, so 47 cents, that's really as low as I can bring it for the time being uh, per postcard. And we send out around uh, 20 to 25,000 uh, postcards uh, when the market was really hot, right? Um, and uh, that's for postcards, for bended signs. Um, it was every month. My band designs. Sorry, I'm sorry. Just, just it was twenty twenty five thousand every month. Yes, every month. And uh, for the band designs, um, it's something. Honestly, I, I definitely feel like we probably ordered too little because we paid around twelve bucks to fifteen bucks per band design. Um, I've heard my Canadian partners paying only like four bucks or five bucks because they're ordering thousands at a time. Um, so mm. they hire someone full time. They give them a vehicle, a company vehicle to set up band designs all over the province. We don't do it at that level yet. Uh, we, I think the last order we placed, it was only around 400 band designs. Um, so that's how much we paid. 
The Patterson billboards were paying for around, I believe it was 3000 for five weeks. Um, and for the mini billboards, as I say, like the, the eye level at around seven feet tall, uh, those are around 250 to 300 bucks per month, which is fantastic. The TV commercial, um, it's, ever, it's actually very flexible. Even if you have a, you know, a $2,000 budget versus like a $20,000 budget, they, you know, your, your supplier is essentially going to create a schedule for you, the frequency and also what kind of programs you want to target. If you're mm. trying to target the 6 p.m. news, obviously you're going to pay the top, top price for it. Uh, right. We actually pay, we're paying for a section, you know, Big Bang Theory reruns at around 2 a.m. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, I think we're paying what, like 80 bucks uh, for something like that every time it airs. Um, so we have, you know, a really good mix of uh, where we're placing these commercials. Um, mm. Yeah. So that's basically a rundown of uh, what it looks like. Google Ads, as you say, pay-per-click, it's around two bucks <laughs> currently, so. Yeah. So it sounds like you've got a pretty, pretty, correct me if I'm wrong, pretty even split between what we call your air coverage, your um, audience building authority, you know, trust building and your, you know, your SEO, your PPC, your direct mail. That's right. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. So I, 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 yeah. So when you were asking me, what's my favorite, you know, marketing channel, I, definitely a very hard decision for us to like cut any of them because they all serve different purposes and cater to different people. Mm. Right. Um, you know, some were for brand awareness, some were purity for conversion. And, uh, you know, there were some that were just, you know, bend the signs. We're trying to just get our phone number out there, trying to get people to call our call rail. So. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, shoot guys, we're out of time here. I appreciate all of sharing. I did not expect this conversation to go the places it went, but I'm happy it did. And I got a lot of, uh, fun out of it. It was very insightful and I love talking creative marketing all day. Um, anybody listening or watching this, uh, if you have a creative marketing idea or if you have something that tops Martin and Lynn's marketing, email me Brady at carrot.com. I'll share it with them. We'll talk about it on the next podcast. Email I'm us curious too, to please. hear yours. <laughs> yes. Email all of us at the same time. Uh, we'll put their contact info in the show notes. Where can people find you and uh, connect with you? We're, we're everywhere. So um, for Martin, all his social media is simply Martin May. Uh, you can find it easily. For me, it's the same as my first name and last name. We're on Facebook and Instagram. The company is called Mailey Property Solution, M-E-I-L-Y. We're on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you have our website that's readily available. If you want to join the buyer's list, it's newbrunswickpropertydeals.ca. And if you want to sell your property in Moncton, um, it's um, mailyproperties.ca. I believe that's where we have it right now. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. I'm going to get y'all a, uh, a t-shirt cannon because I don't think there's any marketing idea that Martin will not try. I'm going to get a t-shirt <laughs> cannon. We buy houses on the back. We're going to go to some football games, fire it off. We, We're going to give it a try. You're laughing, but we actually do have branded t-shirts, company branded t-shirts. No. <laughs> of course we do, Brady. Come you on. You just need the cannon then. <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness. Exactly. Um, well, this has been a pleasure. Uh, recap, just to drive it home, um, everybody listening, uh, don't be afraid to be personal with your marketing. Uh, Martin and Lynn are not afraid to uh, not afraid to put their faces out there and connect with people. They know their avatars. And so they did not willy nilly just start going and spending money on their marketing. They knew who they were marketing to and they know, they knew why they decided to choose these marketing methods, uh, for specific reasons. And so question why you're going to spend money on the marketing channel before you do, as opposed to throwing it out there, but doing a, a methodical, um, uh, 
test. I like how you guys approach marketing. And then don't be afraid to get creative. If you're someone who's not creative, I hate hearing people say this. Um, oh, I'm not creative. I can't come up with these ideas. Connect with Martin and Lynn. Connect <laughs> with people who are doing these marketing experiments. I'm sure they'd be happy to let you pick their brain and share their ideas. Um, there's so many avenues out there. And then don't be afraid to adapt and slim down. You know, Martin and Lynn are slimming down with their team and some of their marketing channels. And uh, don't be afraid to adapt as needed. So if I can add, sorry, yeah, yeah, if go I can ahead. add one go more ahead. thing, um, Martin and I are actually expanding and we're, we're moving down to the U.S. So we're going to start investing in the U.S. We're going to be located in Texas mainly. So if anybody is, you know, looking to invest in real estate or just want to talk real estate in the U.S., we still have a lot to learn about it. So we'll be happy to just connect with you guys and, and just chat. Where, where at in uh, Texas? We're going to be in going? Dallas. Dallas. Okay, be, we got home. This is going to be home base. Yeah. This is going to be home base, but we're going to be investing all over the country. Absolutely. We got the home buying guys in Dallas. They've been on the podcast before. We'll have to connect you with them. There's there's a lot of carrot members in Dallas. Yeah, awesome. Um, Love to hear. <laughs> great. Well, thank you all again so much for sharing. Everybody listening, hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Drop us a comment on the YouTube video, and uh, we appreciate you, and we will see you next time. <laughs>